Welcome back to the Life's Better podcast, where we say life is so much better with God, community, and purpose. I'm Jonathan Gleason, Josh Doolin here. Hey. Today, we are talking about habits, and specifically, we're talking about how small choices consistently done over time can have a huge impact mm. in our lives. Mm. Um, just to kind of lead us into this idea and this topic, we're going to play a game okay. called Top 5. Yeah. And I've got some categories. Uh, each category has the top five answers from around the country. Mm-hmm. And we're going to play this almost kind of like family feud style. One of my favorite shows. Yeah. I love it too. <laughs> You've got, uh, I want you to only, you only have to come up with the top three out of the five okay. before you get three incorrect answers. If you get all five before you get the three incorrect answers, uh, we'll give you a bonus okay. point. Okay. But no pressure to get yeah. all five, but you definitely want to get at least three. So the first category that I'm going to give you, Josh, is what are the top five New Year's resolutions for 2022? Okay, so I've already had time to think about this. Yeah. So it's already not like Family Feud because they, they're put on the spot and they have the goofy <laughs> answers. Uh, but I think weight loss has to be on there, right? Like weight that's loss. Be number one. Weight loss is definitely on there. In fact, it's number two. Number two? Yeah. What is number one then? Oh, okay, um... And dieting is is that same category. So dieting, okay, weight gonna, loss. I was going to ask that. I was like, weight loss, category. dieting, maybe even exercise. Is that all the same one? No. Exercise. Then I'm going to say exercise. Exercise, getting in, uh, in shape. That's actually the number one answer. Oh, okay. So you've okay. got one cool, and two cool, cool. already. All right. I, I kind of grouped those together. Uh, man, I have a lot more answers then. Than <laughs> down. Um, I'm going to say traveling. Traveling. Okay, traveling more in one. 2022. It is not. That it is, is your first oh, okay. answer. That's one that Emily and I always say. Yeah. Em- especially Emily. Emily yeah. loves to travel. Um, okay, so I have two wrong answers left, three answers <laughs> left on the board. Let's go with to find love. Ooh, you know what? That is a good one, but it is not. It is on. not. Oh no! It is not on. There. Oh no! In fact, I've never even heard of someone saying, "Hey, what's your New Year's resolution?" You know what? This year, love. this year, I'm going to find love. That, you know what? That's fair. It should be. You know, you know, you got to be looking for it. I think. Uh, Let's just know. hope most people have already found it. Maybe. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with one of my bottom ones just because I, I'm, I'm guessing maybe I got to think like most of the population, uh, to save money. Save money is number three okay. on the list. Okay. Okay. Well done. Okay. Okay. Gotta gotta start thinking more superficial. You have already loss, won exercise. the game, but we're gonna keep going until okay, you get that okay. third wrong answer. Uh, I'm gonna go with a with a fun one. Uh, okay. To go to church. <laughs> ding 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 ding. <laughs> no, unfortunately, that's not on the list. That is your third wrong answer. The ones that were on there were to get organized. Okay. And then learn a new skill or hobby. All right, all right. Yeah. So, hey, but you still got it. You got the point. Um, we'll give it to you. All right, next category. Top five biggest regrets of last year. Biggest regrets. And, I, I, and again, this is for you guys listening as well as Josh. You could probably put this in every year. It's mm-hmm. not specific. Like, 2021 had this event, so this is the regret mm-hmm. that everyone has. This is just kind of general regrets that people have throughout the year. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking that it might play off of what people want. From the beginning of the year. Okay. So, like, one of them has to be I didn't get fit. Like, I, I experienced maybe some weight gain. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, goals not being accomplished. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually number two on the list. Really? Okay. Yes. Oh, man. This is difficult. Yeah, this is probably the hardest category. Um, I'm going to say you, sp- mm, you had a 
difficult breakup. Hmm. Still going with that love thing, I yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping that that's got to that's be somewhere, right? So you're saying breakup. Breakup or divorce or, you know. Okay, I'm, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt on okay. this one. Uh, number one on the list is not making amends. Not making amends. Okay. So you're dealing with that relational aspect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to give it to you. You've got number one problems. and number two on okay. the list. Okay. I'm wondering if this one will be on there, but one of my top ones is something that I feel like I hear from people a lot, which is I didn't spend enough time with family. That's good. Ones. That's good. I, I, again, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying, <laughs> trying to, to get, nice. I'm trying to be nice here. Okay. Phrase it one more time. Uh, I, I wish I had spent more time with family. You okay, can, number three, number three on the list is wrong. number three on the list is working too much, and so working I'm going to go ahead and throw that one in there because if you weren't working so much, you could spend more time with loved yes. ones. So yeah, you've you, you've already won. Wow, I got you've all got, three. You got all three. You want to keep going to see if you can get all five? Um, sure. I'll throw in some of the other ones. Okay. Uh, I didn't save enough money. I went into debt. No, not on the no, list. Not on the list. Uh, didn't travel. Debt, not on the list. Okay. Uh, and then. I think was that third? Was that your third wrong answer? I, you gave me a whole bunch of games. Okay, fine. You got one more wrong answer then. Um, uh, I think all of my other ones are kind of similar to ones I've already said. So the I'm ones you didn't get were worrying too much about what other people think. Okay. People pleasing. And then number five, taking life too seriously. Taking life too seriously. Yeah, yeah that was number five. Okay, next category. What are the five most common habits hmm. that people want to break? Okay, so I wrote down seven of them. Awesome. But we'll see if I get any of these right. Biting nails? No. Not on the list. Okay. Not on the list. Interesting. Smoking? I thought for sure it would be, on the, be on the list. Had to be on the list. It was on the top ten. I think it was number nine. Mm, but it's wow. not on top five. Wow. Okay. Not a single one right yet. No. You've got two wrong. I really thought this would be an easier Common category. Common habits to break. Mm -hmm. uh, hmm. Man, I'm, 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 that was my top two answers. <laughs> Junk food? Okay, not eating or eating like like eating too much junk food. You yeah, want to? Yeah. yeah, that's number one on the list. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. good. All right, I got one of them. That that makes me feel a little better. Um, too much TV? No. I'm gonna go ahead and say I'm gonna count phone use on that one okay. because that's, that's number four. That's because some people they they view their you, you know yeah, yeah, even yeah. TV content through too their phone. Too much electronics. Yeah. Okay. So that's number four. Uh, credit card debt. Mm. I wish I could give it to you, Josh, <laughs> it's okay, but it's no. Okay. That is your third incorrect answer. Okay. Uh, you missed complaining. People wanted to stop complaining. Okay. Okay. Hitting the snooze button mm. was one. That was definitely not on my radar because I, I don't do that. <laughs> you don't even have an alarm, I, right? I don't need an wow. alarm. It's just there as a backup wow. just in case. And then I love seeing this on the list because I think a lot of people do it. I just didn't know people were interested in quitting. It's gossiping. Gossiping. Hmm. Which I thought was cool. Like, hey, yes, that is a good habit to break. That's an interesting answer. Like, yeah. if you were to ask a whole bunch of people, would, would gossiping be on your list? I no, because I think most of our audience <laughs> are good church folk who love Jesus and other people, and they oh, would yeah. never, never gossip. Listen, good about church others. folk are always the people <laughs> who need to deal with gossiping. Listen. Last category what are the top five? habits mm -hmm. of highly effective people. Right. Maybe a better way to say this for maybe our audience that can kind of cue in to where we're headed. What are the seven habits of highly effective people? <laughs> so uh, 
we read a book recently uh -huh. uh, that dealt with all of this, and you told me not to look up the answers, but unfortunately, <laughs> three of them were already on the list, so that helped me a little bit. Good. I luckily remembered most of them. Uh, uh, the first one I wrote was be proactive. Proactive. Be proactive. Yep. Uh, I'm gonna write. I'm gonna say these in the the order I remembered them. Okay. So uh, think win win. Think win win. Yeah, that's one. number four on the list. Uh, synergize. That's number six on the list. Yeah. You man. You go. Okay. You you're remembering the exact order. <laughs> amazing to me. Uh, I remembered sharpen the saw. That's number seven. Number seven. And then I remembered uh, put first things first. Yes. You are missing. Number three. Yeah, which is, I actually have it written down. It's <laughs> begin with the end in mind. Begin? You know what? I'm sorry. That's number two. Number and, two then and then number three is put first things yeah. first. So, I, yes. I remembered those three specifically because they're ones we're talking about. <laughs> I love it. Today. So here's, what, here's where we're headed today. Uh, we're talking about habits. Specifically, what we're going to do is we're going to dive into Stephen Covey's book, mm -hmm. The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And if you're a part of our church community, you may know that on Sunday mornings, what we're doing is we're actually looking at rhythms. Uh, mm -hmm. We're looking at that phenomenon, that those small, it seems almost completely insignificant, but if you consistently do these habits, these rhythms, they can have huge impacts on your life. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to look at that by looking at Stephen Covey's seven habits of highly effective people. This month on the podcast, we're just going to look at the first three. Next month, we're going to look at the next four. Uh, but Josh, what is the first habit of highly effective people? Being proactive. Being proactive. Now, when I hear that, my mind immediately goes to that type A, highly driven, really dialed in, accomplishing a thousand things every single hour of their life, mm. real extrovert. You know, that's kind of the image that I have in my mind. But when you go through the material and you look at, okay, what does it actually look like to be proactive, at least in Stephen Covey's uh, perspective, that's not really the definition mm -hmm. that you're getting at all. Mm -hmm. um, one of the best ways, I think, to understand what it means to be proactive or at least to develop this habit is to contrast that with reactive people. Yeah. I think being reactive comes naturally. Being proactive is something that we really have to develop. And so just for fun, what we're going to do is we're going to come up, I, I've got some categories, or I should say I, some scenarios that you might find yourself in. And I'm going to play the part of the reactive person. You're going to play the part of the proactive person, just so we can have an idea of what this habit looks like. Yeah. Okay, so first scenario, you've got a big project at work. Um, if you're a student, you've got this big project at school. And maybe you've got a month or two to accomplish it. But there's some clear deadlines along the way that you have to meet. And about maybe a week or two into this, your supervisor, your teacher, your boss pulls you aside and says, you're not getting the job done the way it's supposed to get done. And they have one of those awkward conversations that just, like, you're, you're getting the critical feedback. Uh, you needed to hear it, but it's not necessarily what you want to hear. Yeah. Now, the reactive person is probably going to walk away from that conversation feeling very defensive. Mm. and like a victim. A victim, mm. yes. And on top of that, probably trying to deflect by playing the blame game. Yeah. Well, if I had a supervisor that actually gave me the clear instructions ahead of time, well, then <laughs> I, I would be able to get the job done. If my teacher wasn't out to get me, she hates me so much, then I'd probably you know, be getting an A in the class. Uh, if the shipment had arrived on time, the people that work under me were actually doing their job, well, then I would be able to be successful. But since I... Since all those things aren't working out, then that's the problem. That's the reason why this isn't happening. That's what a reactive person might do. Yeah. Proactive person. Proactive person would walk away probably a little sad. You know, I mean, emotions are normal. But yeah. uh, they would hopefully begin to think on each of those uh, weaknesses that your boss 
laid out for you? And how can you um, set a plan in motion that can tackle those? How can you uh, begin to look for uh, ways to win in those areas? Mm -hmm. um, I wrote down specifically uh, the phrase that you bring up in our meetings all the time, how can we look for ways to do it better? Yeah. So um, what, what ways can we focus on those uh, tasks and those new uh, problems and make goals for ourselves? Yeah, so. I'm not going to worry about those things that are outside of my control, mm -hmm. couldn't control the shipping, can control whether or not maybe even your teacher hates you. Your teacher probably doesn't hate you, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm just going to focus on what I can control, and I'm going to take responsibility for my actions. Yeah. Uh, let's give another scenario just so that we can fully understand this. Let's say because of the rising COVID cases, uh, at least with this new variant, let's say that the governor um, decides to go back into lockdown mode. We all have to quarantine. No one's really happy about it, but what does a reactive person do? Reactive people like immediately go into the, well, I can't believe this administration. Ah, those guys are idiots who voted for him. Uh, may even start blaming scientists for not being able to figure this thing out. And it's just, it's very reactive because emotionally they're just very frustrated. But what does a proactive person do? A proactive person is going to not look at the, uh, the problem as much as they're gonna look at what the solution can be. So in our lives, we can't control uh, COVID. We can't control it, really anything uh, like scientifically unless you are a scientist or something like that. But we can look for creative ways in order to still accomplish the goals that we have. So uh, what are you, a proactive person would be thinking of creative ways to still be able to work well at their workplace and still be able to uh, have relationships with people, even if it's from a distance or mm. uh, even if it's online? I, how can you still keep up with people and accomplish even your goals as a Christian and administer to people as uh, as he's called us to? So uh, I think we've had to do a lot of proactive thinking in yeah. the last two years. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it's easy, I think, for us to be reactive. Mm. The reactive person really is driven unlike the proactive person, the, the reactive person is driven by feelings, feelings that have typically been brought on by external circumstances that they normally don't even have control over. And so because they're feeling frustrated, that's how they're gonna react. Whereas a proactive person, well, they're actually driven, they're driven by their values. Mm -hmm. They have a sense of who they are, what they want to accomplish, and whether or not circumstances are going their way or not, they're still gonna center their decision-making on those values, and they're gonna take responsibility for their action. Now, Stephen Covey in each of these chapters deals with a lot of stuff that we're just not gonna get into, but one of the things that we want to offer as a challenge, kind of an application for this first habit is we're gonna call this a seven day challenge. So for the next seven days, what we want you to do is become someone who creates rather than criticizes. Mm. Again, going back to when things don't go our way, naturally we get critical. Naturally, what we can do is start criticizing, well, this person would have done this, if they wouldn't have done that, we get critical. We want you to step in at least once a day when you find yourself feeling critical to take a step back and say, okay, well, Actually, you know what? How can I create the environment that I really want here? How can I create, not criticize? Uh, I'll give you an example in my own life. I'll give you an example even of, that I even heard this past Sunday. Um, but I, when I go home, I love entering my house, having my kids well-behaved, everything picked up and cleaned up. Uh, let's imagine, though, that I get home 
uh, this evening, and <laughs> my kids are, you know, at each other's throat. Everyone's bickering and fighting. There's trash everywhere. Now, I'm probably going to want to get a little critical. Like, what have you guys been doing all day? Mm -hmm. Clean up after yourself. How many times have I told you? Put your shoes over here. Hey, guys, stop being so argumentative. We want to love each other. And I could just be very, very critical. Yeah. Or I could say, you know what? I want to start creating the environment that I desire. And how can I create this environment? Is it by being critical or is it actually maybe by changing just the atmosphere, by maybe starting to joke around with my kids, start having lighthearted conversations. Maybe if there is a mess saying, hey, you know what, how about we clean this up together and put things back where they belong when they are doing something really positively, encouraging that positive behavior, not just nitpicking the negative behavior. What I'm doing is I'm creating the environment that I want rather than just being critical because it's not how I want it to be. Mm. Uh, I heard one of our leaders um, this past Sunday, he works in the state government and he was down in western Kentucky helping those who uh, dealt with the tornadoes and the damage. And he was telling me the story of this woman that came in to his office where he was working down there, just hating life and the world and complaining how, oh, the system's so messed up. How can you expect me to fill out this paperwork in order to get this funding? And just so angry. Mm. And if you work with like a hundred of those people a day, I mean, you can imagine how you want to react in that situation. Yeah. And I'm sure he has reacted at times to those people. <laughs> but he was telling me how this last uh, week, he decided just to kind of pull back from that and to create the environment that was gonna be helpful. And so he just started asking questions and he quickly realized this woman probably has some sort of learning disability and was just having a really hard time with the questions and the paperwork. And so he, without trying to shame her, he created the environment that was gonna be helpful. And he just said, how about we read this together? And after they read each question, he would simply say, well, this is how I would probably answer these questions. How would you answer this question? And then he and her worked through the paperwork. So by the end of the day, or at least the, the session that he had with her, she walked away happier and mm. things were far happier in his life as well. Mm. That's just the idea of for the next seven days, just once a day, whenever you find yourself getting critical, spin that around and say, okay, how can I be creating rather than just being uh, someone who criticizes? Absolutely. How have you been engaging this rhythm of being proactive? So uh, I. I think that it helps to have the next uh, habit in mind as yeah. well, uh, which we'll get to in a second. But the idea is, you know, uh, when people come to you, uh, if you're just reacting all the time, your life is a lot like a roller coaster. Um, your, your emotional highs and emotional lows are completely dependent on the people around you and what's going on around you. And that's just really, really stressful. Yeah. Um, it is not a good way to live. It is not like... A, uh, a, a, I guess it, you're not going to get much accomplished by the end of the day because uh, it's so reliant on the world around you. And uh, I think, you know, luckily early on I had a dad who modeled this really, really well. Uh, but in my own life, typically I begin with the end in mind, which is number two. Yeah. Uh, what is my goal for, ultimate goal for the day and for my own life? Um, and if I'm just reacting to bad news, and not looking at it as an opportunity that God's put in front of me to um, to be a light to somebody, uh, even if it's just in a conversation where somebody's being mad, or if it's something like the Western Kentucky thing. Like, how how is this something that 
I've been put on earth to deal mm -hmm. with right now, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think being proactive and then number two, uh, having the end goal in mind is important. So Josh, I'm gonna go ahead and ask you, what is the <laughs> second habit of highly effective people? Number two is begin with the end in mind. Yeah, if you guys have read Covey's book, he begins this chapter, I think in a really creative way that helps us begin with the end in mind. And he actually takes us to a funeral. So mm. he gets really detailed, you know, he has you drive up to the funeral, uh, he has you walk in and you see the flowers and you're hearing the gentle music being played. You're seeing the faces of the mourners, which kind of breaks your heart, but at the same time, you have this sense of joy because you had known that individual. And he takes you right down actually to the casket and you look into the casket and who do you see? You see yourself. Mm. This is your funeral three months from now. And he asked the question, okay, well, who, he actually asked the question, how do you want people to communicate about you at your funeral? Because there's gonna be four, he even throws it out there, there's gonna be a close friend, there's gonna be a family member, there's gonna be a coworker, and there's gonna be a church friend who are all gonna communicate at that funeral about you. So the big question he leaves you with is, what do you want them to say? And this is a brilliant way, I believe, that helps us to begin with the end in mind. If you're thinking about the end of your life, what people are gonna say about you, well, that's gonna motivate what you're doing today and tomorrow and the next day. And so that's the habit. Uh, begin with the end in mind. Um, how have, you, you said this has helped you kind of navigate a little bit of even how you're proactive. How have you been engaging this beginning with the end in mind? So, um, <laughs> Typically, uh, on any given day, especially a Sunday or a Wednesday, uh, knowing that I'm going to work for a really, really long time, <laughs> I have to remind myself, okay, why are you doing what you're doing? Mm -hmm. And that always sets myself up for a pretty decent day. Is this also where you want me to share, like, Emily and I's yeah. mission statement that we've created? So one of the really unique things about this chapter is Covey gives some instruction for you to actually create either a personal mission statement mm -hmm. or a family mission statement to really reflect, okay, what, what are the things that, what are the goals that we want to accomplish in our family? What are the goals that we actually want to accomplish through our work, through our church and service, through our relationships? And, and to actually write down on paper, here's my mission in these areas so that you are, you're being intentional and you're having success in each of these areas. Yeah. So, yeah, sure, if you could, yeah, your so mission statement. Emily and I decided to create one together. Uh, this is for ourselves. You know, we both work with students all day long, uh, and we want to create an environment where our house is sort of uh, a place where we can both recharge together. Uh, and so all of it is centered around that. Uh, it's, there's a little bit of wordplay, so bear with me. Uh, uh, and this is actually framed by my bedside, too. So just so you know, we've, awesome. we've taken this to heart. Uh, but it says, in a world full of uncertainty, we will be a rock. So we're going we're gonna to stay together. We're going we're gonna to make sure that our foundation is built well. Mm -hmm. uh, and every, uh, every day we'll, we'll be able to lean on that. Uh, in a world full of darkness, we will be a lighthouse. So how can we, uh, to the people around us, be uh, a light in a day that might be really, really dark for them? Uh, in a world full of criticism, we will be each other's number one fan. So a big, big thing for us is making sure that when the other is down, or even if the other has a win, we need to celebrate that, and we need to be able to raise each other up uh, and encourage one another. In a world full of rejection, we will be Christ's hands and feet. So that's probably 
maybe the number one yeah. one yeah. that we're going to try to do together every day. And then a world full of separation, we will be inseparable. So mm -hmm. uh, one thing that we, um, like, a, I don't want to use the word mantra because it kind of, like, it invokes, like, other religions and stuff. But, like, sure. we, something we repeat often is uh, uh, who's on your team? we're on each other's team and God's on our team obviously family's on our team but I'm on your team I'm on your team I'm on your team uh, we we don't look at each other as something to compete against uh, her wins are my wins and my wins are her wins and if we can help remember that we can also set each other up for wins uh, so all of these are uh, things whenever we're trying to make important decisions or if there's like uh, a question of where we should put our time and efforts, this is something we go back to. No, that's beautiful. One of the things I like about your mission statement is you identify the problem mm. and then you identify how you're going to be a counterbalance mm. to that problem. Proactive. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> that's brilliant. And, and my, uh, our family mission statement isn't nearly as poetic as yours. Uh, that, that was really great. Uh, my wife and I, we, we did a mission statement years and years ago and then a, a few years ago, we sat down with the boys because they were at an age where they could participate in it too. And we did the same thing. We decided, what are some of the problems that we see in our world mm. and how can we be a counterweight against that? And uh, this is what they came up with. We came up together or with together. And it's pretty simple. Um, it's we want to be people, a family. We want to be a family that actually brings God's love and hope through encouragement and generosity. Mm -hmm. And we have some very specific action items that we want to achieve uh, with that and some character qualities that we have to have in our lives every single day in order to make that a reality. But that's our mission statement. We want to bring God's love and hope through encouragement and generosity. So here's the challenge that we have for you guys. So first of all, that seven-day challenge, begin today saying, hey, how can I create and not just criticize? Second challenge is this week at some point, sit down and either do the funeral exercise where you actually write down some things that you want your family, you want your colleagues, you want your friends, you want your church to say about you, or sit down and actually craft a mission statement. And there are all kinds of resources online to make yeah. that uh, a little bit easier for you. Just type in you know, personal mission statement or family mission statement, you get some tools for that. But I would say this week, make that a priority if you want to develop this habit in your life. All right, third habit of highly effective people. This one's important, especially if you do that personal or family mission statement, to stick with it. Uh, it's to put first things first. Put first things first really piggybacks on the last one <laughs> because this is all about the time management. If you've mm -hmm. figured out these are the goals that we want to accomplish in life, well, you never want to sacrifice the less important things for the greater important things. Yeah. And you've already figured out. By putting, you know, uh, by by establishing that mission statement, what's most important? And what I love about this one is, I think it's kind of easy to come up with goals. It can be challenging, but I think for the most part, the execution of the goal is what's difficult. So, habit two, you've kind of written down the goal. This is what we want to do. Habit three is these are the systems that we're going to put in place in order to achieve that goal. Mm -hmm. And, and so I'm going to ask you, Josh, because honestly, Covey, he goes into all kinds of stuff that we're not going to deal with. One of the things that he gives is yeah, these four quadrants of, that basically stand for every decision that you can make. You know, these are uh, quadrants that talk about important um, and urgent items, as well as urgent and non-important items. He even gives a, I don't know if you found it to be uh, very helpful, but 
like a weekly planner. It's pretty intense. If you've read the book, it's a really intense planner. <laughs> Always a little too intense, but uh, he gives a lot of great stuff. But rather than getting into all of that, what we thought we'd do is share just some of the systems, one or two systems that we are implementing in our lives in order to achieve the mission statement that we have, those goals that we've set. Yeah. Do you mind sharing some of the <laughs> so, system or two? This one was the chapter that like kicked my butt, and uh, I have never been one uh, known for organization, uh, but I've since had a online planner on my phone uh, that's helped me stay on task because it goes back to also the first one. Um, you might have a personal mission statement or you might have even just like goals you desperately want to see accomplished in your job or workplace or in your life and you are drowning because those goals hit you at the last moment. Like you're like, oh, I need to reach this and I have no time to do it. And um, he sort of talks about the importance of um, obviously getting those important and urgent tasks done, but spending a lot of time in quadrant two, which is the uh, important but not urgent. So how can I set myself up proactively mm -hmm. uh, to get those tasks done to where they're never urgent, mm -hmm. if that makes sense? Yep. Uh, what can I put in place in my life that makes sure that happens? And so I realized I needed, I needed an active planner that would not only um, schedule things for me in advance, but also uh, have goals that I can be hitting up to an important date. So things like camp, which are a big six-month in advance planning starts now type of thing. Uh, how can I? What, what can I be doing right now? Uh, and what can I be doing in the months to come that spaces that time out well? Uh, on top of that, um, what if if Emily and I are going to do all of these things? Um, what can I be doing to make sure that? those first things are first. What can I make sure to be doing when uh, weighing my options for the day? Uh, because some things always sound nice. When somebody might come up to me, I used to react uh, in the way where I would just take everyone's advice and be like, yeah, that sounds great. I'll get all of that accomplished. And then I would let people down. Um, but if I hear something and it doesn't immediately uh, point me towards my end goal in mind, uh, how can I push that person to maybe do that themselves, if that makes sense? Yeah. Because it's not something that I need to say yes to if it's not important, if that makes sense. Oh. Uh, and weighing it on what you've created already. So uh, it's definitely helped me say no. It's helped me um, create a online planner, all of these different things. And then also, I mean, I would say that us having that mission statement readily available mm -hmm. by our bed is important. Uh, because if you're not always reminded of it, you won't make decisions based on it. Yeah. So yeah. no, that's good. So who did the the framing? Uh, that was a gift from Emily, actually. Oh, she, nice. I, I'd made Christmas? it. Christmas? Uh, yes, actually. Oh, nice. uh, and we've we've hung it up since, or not hung it up, but put it right there by my bed since. Cool. But it was a really nice little gift. That's good. You should have brought it in. You could like show us. I, I should have. <laughs> so one of the systems that our family has in order to achieve our goal. We have a, a goal, you know, it started out very early on uh, with our kids. Once we started having kids, we wanted to raise kids who love God with all of themselves, love people and knew what it meant to actually lead someone to freedom in Christ. And so one of the systems that we have almost every single day, five days out of the week, is 
uh, we have our time before school starts, before work gets crazy, before we go and do all of the things that we do in our day where we open up God's word mm. and we study it. Uh, we pray together uh, as a family. We engage in actually an exercise in gratitude just to recognize all the wonderful things that God's given us uh, and appreciate that and love him for it. And then um, not every single day, but at least once or twice during the week, we will in that time actually review our mission statement and not just review it, but specifically have the challenge to point at certain people in the family and say, this is how you're living it out well. This is fantastic. And then there's some times where we have to do a reevaluation and say, yeah, but these are some areas we need to improve if we're actually going to accomplish this mission statement. And then uh, at least once a week, too, uh, in that time and in that space, we just review what it looks like to share our faith and how we can share our faith with other people in, uh, in real ways. So that's one system, again, five days out of the week that we're engaging um, all the time. So what we want to challenge you guys to do is... Again, once you have that mission statement, once you have some of those goals, this week just come up with one system, one system that you can actively engage in. Make it small, make mm -hmm. it something that you can e easily achieve, but that can be a natural rhythm and routine in your life. One system to achieve that goal, that mission statement that you have. Mm. All right, well, until next month, uh, enjoy those three habits of highly effective people. Next month, we're gonna look at the final four. God bless.